Welcome to the PA Sprint Series podcast, where we talk about race saver sprint cars and showcase the drivers, teams, and history of the most competitive sprint car series in the country. I'm Stephanie Dodson, former driver and current announcer for the series, and I'm joined by Rod Ort, regional director, and Frank Berman, our in-house historian, reporter, and photographer. Coming up on this show, We'll recap what happened with Race Saver Sprints across the nation and here at home with the PA Sprint Series. We'll also talk with guest Roger Hayden, owner of both Race Saver and Eagle Raceway, the host track for Race Saver Nationals coming up on Labor Day weekend. Welcome to the show. We're at the recap portion of our show, so I'm joined by Frank and Rod, and Frank's going to give us his weekly update from across the nation. And I thank you for that, Stephanie. We'll take a look at what happened this past weekend, July 24th through 26th. There's another hot weekend, but at least uh, on the East Coast, we didn't have any problems with rain. There were some tracks elsewhere in the country that uh, lost races to the weather. Unfortunately, the number of races that are being lost to the COVID-19 restrictions continues to be higher than the number that are lost to the weather. But uh, in Pennsylvania, only one of our other uh, series, Race Saver series, was running this weekend, and that was the Allegheny Sprint Tour, which uh, ran at Michael's Mercer Raceway. Uh, Obviously, an emotional race for them because of uh, the death of Brandon Hawkins earlier in the week in an industrial accident. Uh, they ran a missing man formula, or formation for the starting lineup for the race. Uh, and then Jacob Gamola run, won the event at Mercer. Uh, Logan McCandless finished second but was disqualified, so Chase Matheny wound up taking second place. Jim Morris, Randy Sterling, and Tommy Jason completed the top five. And the tour comes back to Mercer this Saturday along with the 410 sprints. And on August 22nd, they will hold a special race in Brandon Hawkins' memory. Mm. Oh, that's good. I knew they were going to try to put something together. Yeah. To the east of us, the Mid-Atlantic Sprint Series didn't run this past weekend. They'll be uh, this Saturday night at Delaware International Speedway. Laurel Highland Sprint Series was also off. They have two races this weekend, so we probably won't see too many of the Laurel Highlands uh, teams at our event, even though they don't race on Saturday night. They have a race on Friday at Clinton County and then a special race on Sunday night at Bedford for Laurel Highlands. The Virginia Sprint Series was one of the ones that did lose a race to the weather. They were supposed to run at Dixieland Speedway in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Uh, had rain coming in there, and that race had to be canceled. Uh, that was the last time they were scheduled to run at Dixieland, so I don't know whether they'll get back there again and reschedule or not. Uh, they don't have a race this weekend. Next weekend, they're at Shenandoah Speedway again. Mm-hmm. The Carolina Sprint Tour made its first ever appearance at Friendship Speedway in Elkin, North Carolina, and Nick Tucker took another win over Mike Sellers, Frank Peters, Jacob McLean, and Chaz Woodward. And our friend Darren Bolak came home in sixth place. For a variety of reasons, probably mostly COVID-19 related, the Carolina Tours events that were scheduled this weekend at Carolina Speedway and Harris Speedway have been postponed. 
So their next race will be on August 8th at Lawrence County Speedway in South Carolina, which characterizes itself as the Darlington of Dirt. Hmm. <laughs> Hope they have a good show down there. Elsewhere in Race Saver action, moving back to uh, the west of us, the Ohio Thunder Series was at 35 Raceway Park in Frankfurt again on Saturday, and Kyle Kruger took the second win in a row at that track, uh, leading Jacob Stickle and Cameron Haig. They only had nine cars there for that race, but uh, it sounds like they put on a pretty good show anyway. They were supposed to have raced at Jackson County Speedway on Friday night, but that race was canceled due to unfinished safety work on damage to the backstretch wall. Wow. One you hear very often. No. <laughs> and I kind of have all the walls. Yeah, you got a wall, and it must have been some pretty significant damage because they're not racing there this week either. Oh, jeez. They were supposed to have been there this weekend, and it's been called off. Uh, they will be running at 35 Raceway again on Saturday night. The Indiana Race Saver Sprints were at Lincoln Park Speedway in Putnamville. Bradley Sterrett put on a late charge to take the lead from Casey Schumann and win that feature with Andy Bradley finishing third. Due to COVID-19 cancellations, the Indiana group is now off for a couple of weeks. And we should add that uh, Indiana Race Savers also have uh, a little bit of mourning going on for a death in the family, as it were. A gentleman named Keith Webb, who was a former driver and current sponsor, lost his life in a non-racing accident. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Over in Kansas, the United Rebels series was supposed to run a two-night bull ring nationals at the Rush County Speedway in La Crosse. On night one, Stephen Richardson executed a last lap pass over Jordan Knight with Connor Atkinson taking third. That finish was set up when the leaders tangled on a false restart. So there was plenty of excitement at the end of the race uh, oh, wow. out in Kansas. Uh, unfortunately, the excitement the next night was from the weatherman. And so they did not hold night two of the Bullring Nationals. This week, major event coming up out that way, the Belleville 305 Nationals on the Belleville High Banks in Kansas. Uh, one of the richest race saver events held anywhere, $65,000 purse for that race, which is either, a, I forget, two or three day event. And um, so there will be drivers from several regions going up to Belleville for that race. And then here's another group, uh, it's really sad that all this happens at once. Uh, they were expressing uh, some mourning and sadness at the United Rebel Group over the loss of Tammy Ensley, who was uh, a major part, they said, of one of the race teams there. Uh, wow. The Southern United Sprints were at, um, no, they were not. They were supposed to be at South Texas Speedway in Corpus Christi and Hurricane Hannah got there first. Mm. So they were not running. Um, they, um, neither the Sprint Series of Oklahoma nor the Sprint Series of Nebraska had races this past weekend. But I think all three of those series likely will have some drivers up at Belleville this weekend, even though they're not scheduled to do anything themselves. And uh, finally, we'll go back to Mr. Hayden's track, Eagle Raceway. 
uh, the mothership of Race Saver. They had 33 cars on hand for the Race Saver weekly sprint car feature uh, this past Saturday night, having run C and B mains. And Doug Lovegrove of Waverly, Nebraska, took the win over Jason Danley, Gunnar Pike, Joey Danley, and Mike Boston. And uh, as I mentioned, Eagle is starting to showcase now the drivers who have already entered the Race Saver Nationals. I took a quick look at the Race Saver site. They listed 58 cars already on site, so they've probably gotten some other registrations that haven't been put up there yet. Once again, going to be an incredible show there, and that's coming up Labor Day weekend. That's all we got. Cool. Thanks a lot. So in uh, the PA Sprint Series this weekend, uh, we had Jeff Weaver picking up his very first um, Race Saver Sprint win at Pass Valley on Saturday night. He kind of snuck up on me, quite honestly. Um, we had a lot of heavy hitters in the field. Um, including uh, Garrett Bard, who's won four already this season. Um, and so Weaver started on uh, the, he started up front somewhere, I remember. Okay. And he was running third for a lot of the race, but there was always a battle for the lead. Um, every single lap, it was like the two, three-way battle for the lead. And then because it's such a small track, we had lap traffic throwing in the mix there. Um, and, you know, we had Justin Mills, who is a rookie with the PA Sprint Series, uh, started last for rookie handicapping and came up to 12th, hard charge by him. And also Dylan Proctor came from 19th up to 8th. So even it was a small track, it was exciting. And um, on lap 17, um, Weaver uh, slipped past Garrett Bard, who, who looked like he was going to be headed for his fifth win this season. And instead, Jeff Weaver ended up stealing it from him on lap 17. And before that, Jeff Weaver, I think, only had a best finish of fourth. And so, uh, Frank, you had some good perspective into that race as well. Yeah, I, I just thought Jeff really stood up to the power. You know, he's, he's up there running against Garrett Bard, who's won four races already this season. Weaver was low, Bard was high, classic two-way battle. Uh, John Walt led the majority of the race, actually, so we really should talk about the fact that he was in that mix the whole time. And he was the one that that Weaver wound up passing for the lead with, I think it was either four or five laps to go. And uh, then you had Christian Rumsey right behind him, and Christian has won a race this year and is almost always a consistent top runner. Uh, Bradley Malott, another driver that, that we don't see up there quite as often, partly because he doesn't run with us quite as often, was in the mix in the top five right up until the end and finished sixth. Yeah, so. Malott, Malott's uh, always good at Path Valley. And, um, you know, Walt has, has raced at Path Valley for a real long time, but Picked up a track championship there last year. It hasn't won. Um, and he really, really wanted to get that win. I think probably, uh, you know, he lost uh, second place to Bard there towards the end. And I, I kind of feel he was a bit deflated at that point. But, um, you know, because uh, he was dominating pretty well. And then, you know, getting into some good competition. Uh, got back around Bard. And then here comes Weaver. 
And, you know, Weaver, I think, has one race at uh, Path Valley in the sprint car. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tom Work interviewed him, and we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but uh, definitely a talented kid there with not a high-dollar team, uh, just some good setup, good racing. Uh, kind of lends itself to our last uh, podcast when I said, you know, uh, you know, Bart is good, and, and we all kind of got an eye on him, but um, there's there's a lot of talent out there, and and um, you know Saturday night he he just got beat. You know Weaver um, did a real good job as well as a bunch of other guys. So really yeah. exciting race. I, I think um, you know heat of the summer we we kind of focus on a lot of the the negative things that are you know we we deal with uh, throughout the week. But um, the fans, it was a good crowd. They got to see a great race there. Yeah, and you know, too, is you got you get this mix. You've got the people you expect to be up front, and then you've got the people that maybe again they don't run as often. You don't always see up front, and they're just all mixing it up together. Everybody's holding their own. I don't think you could really have asked much better race than the one we had Saturday night. Absolutely, it was exciting. I'm sure uh, John Walp wishes it was only a 20 lap main event because yeah. a lot of our races are 20 laps, and then because Path Valley is such a small track and the laps go by so quick, we run 25 there. And if it would have been a 20 lap event, you know, John Walp would have picked up his first Path Valley win, but. Um, Instead, Jeff Weaver picks up his first PA Sprint Series win with us. Yep, maybe uh, maybe Walt would get it back. He's uh, going to have his car on display early at BAPS this week. You come out, you can meet John Walt, and uh, I think because he was a winner last time at BAPS, so um, they asked him to come out and have his car on display this week. So you can ask him how bad it hurt to not get that win yet. Something <laughs> <laughs> if you ask him that. <laughs> All righty. Well, Frank, thanks for your report. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, as always. All right. This week's guest, Roger Hayden, owner of both Eagle Raceway and the host track for Race Saver Nationals and Race Saver. Uh, Roger, you have a big race coming up at Eagle Raceway, the Race Saver Nationals. Um, how is that affected with COVID this year? And what, you know, what are your thoughts on that leading into it? Well, we're kind of one of those uh, tracks and uh, right now we're, we're allowed to operate at 75%. And honestly, I, I, that's a big number at our place. We have a lot of seats. So, you know, we can have 7,000 people in the place. So we're pretty good in that, that deal. Um, and we do work real hard at some social distancing type stuff and, um, I, there's definitely what we see in our weekly shows. We, we think that people are, are, there's, there's all different groupings of people. There's people that are scared to death and not going to come. Mm -hmm. There's people that are middle of the road that, yeah, you know, maybe there's a problem, but you know, we're, it's not going to happen to us. And then there's, and there's, uh, people that just don't even believe it's true. So you know, you kind of got a mix of stuff there and you got to figure out how to be able to sell your product to all of them. So we're, we're thinking our, our streaming that we have done weekly is big, really big. 
And I think our nationals deal where people are going to be, you know, there from California to Pennsylvania and all over the country, I think they're going to want to, you know, a lot of the people are going to want to stay home and stream it. So that's something we're going to work real hard on having a good show. Yeah, for people that don't know, I mean, the, the Nationals really is an all kind of all week event. I mean, um, uh, teams rolling in there and, and tech and everything beginning and beginning of the week. And then by um, uh, Thursday night, there's a practice night um, historically. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is racing with uh, Labor Day Monday is kind of a rain date, which unfortunately you had to use a couple of times. Is it sort of the same uh, plan this year? Yeah, last year's uh, lineup procedures, all that type of stuff, everybody seemed really pretty happy with it overall. And so as far as the whole format of how it's all running, it'll it'll be the same as the previous year. So we'll have the race of champion qualifying type races on actually Wednesday night. Or is that right? Isn't that Thursday? Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, along with practice, is that how yeah, that along with practice, yep. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday are, you know, Friday, Saturday are qualifying and last chance and the feature, main feature is on Sunday. The attempt is to get people a day to get home. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't take Dave, like, that long. I know um, cousin Dave uh, burns at home from there in record time. But, yeah, it'd be nice – because Labor Day is a is a travel day for a lot of people, and, and things are pretty busy out there. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I think unique about this race, you know, they they have the race of champions uh, on Saturday night, which is a neat deal. They added to it. Friday is qualifying for what nine nine positions. Saturday's nine positions, and then Sunday they get uh, the other nine positions. You add that up, that's twenty seven cars. Um, uh, uh, on a third mile track yeah and they start, <laughs> they start the race three wide this is not uh outlaws show they start the race three wide and i and the year one of the years i was there it went just about non-stop you'd think i'd just be a big pile on that first but um yeah it's a it's something to see I mean, what about the restarts then are the restarts double wide or is that single file uh we're on the we're on the single file deal Okay. I, I used to race and I kind of figure a person earns that spot and they should still have that position. So it's a single file deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, they do a little bit of that. What, what they call them, Delaware restarts or something like that around here. And yeah, um, I mean, I think that three wide thing is, is pretty wild. It's pretty neat, but yeah, yeah get them, get them one wide uh, once, once they're going. Um, <laughs> How's Still got 27 cars on the track, so it's halfway around the place. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of like, you know, we were looking at, we raced Path Valley this week. We had, you know, 24 cars, and you look, and they get them stretched out there halfway around. It's sort of the same situation with 27, a little bit bigger there at Eagle. Um, high lap, cars, lap cars must get in the mix quick. Pretty quick. Yeah, honestly, though, I mean, the races have gone really good over the last few years. I mean, there's not been a bunch of terrible crashes or anything like that. It's been, oh. you know, when you get to that A feature, that is the premier people in the country that have made it that far. And they're they're there to win, and they're not there to screw their stuff up on the last night, you know. They've worked hard to get there, and I 
I think they really respect each other. You know, they've had three days of mixing with each other and talking with each other, drinking Eagle melons after the races <laughs> and partying together, you know, so it's a camaraderie to, you know, by the time Sunday rolls around. Unless you look at the competitive nature of it, the, the guy, the, the driver that starts in 27th is 27th out of what? Well over twice that many cars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, usually yeah. a little over a hundred. Yep. Yeah. yeah, a few slouch to be at back into the field for that race. Yeah, yeah. That's kind to... of our kind of our claim to fame is uh, we've I think for the last three years we've had more race saver sprint cars at Eagle than what Knoxville Nationals has. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that COVID will affect the registration at all? How many cars? Uh, how many race saver sprints are pre-registered? I think we're getting pretty close to 70 right now, which, you know, it's pretty early. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I don't think it affects our guys as bad because I, you know, personally, the fans, I think there's people that are scared Correct. and people that aren't, but the racers, I don't think they're that type. They, they would be playing checkers, not racing stock cars if they were scared of stuff. Yeah, I think. I think a lot of the racers uh, look at that as an opportunity, you know, to get get that one real good race in for the summer. And and for as, as Frank has done on his reports, we're learning a lot of parts of the track or parts of the country. You know, they're they're not getting a race, so for for uh, quite a few of them, um, this might be their only opportunity, and they can, you know, make the drive and get three nights in, have a good time. Yeah, heck, we had, like, Blake Robertson drive all the way from California to run. I think he strung together, like, four days in a row or five days in a row of racing or five days in a week, maybe it was. But he put a lot of days together because they because right now they're not racing. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that going on. We have a couple of guys that drive 400 miles here, and we make a big deal out of that. And here's yeah. a guy who drove over three times that far. Yep. Yeah, we know uh, Randy Sterling will be there and a, a bunch of guys from Virginia. They make the trip every year. They look forward to it. Um, for yeah. sure. Randy's got to make it because I got to have somebody to hang out at the bars with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, he, and he knows he's got somebody to drive him back to his toter wherever he parks it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of that that goes on. Um, so I hear. Um, yeah. How is uh, how's race race saver doing overall this year? Uh, um, I think we're up to I think we're going to hit the nineteen hundred heads sold now. So that's that's a lot of race saver engines out there when you consider. Uh, I, I would say less than one percent of the heads are dead in the water somewhere. Yeah, you know that's a lot of engines. So. I, that that's pretty impressive that that many heads have been sold. it's like a thousand or i'm sorry like a hundred sets of heads have been sold this year plus wow. so that you know considering you didn't even race for half of a season i think that's a pretty good pretty good indication that the race saver deal is doing good yeah i think i think in our area one of the possible frustrations that's creeping up here is uh, the deal where we have so many cars at a lot of races that you know, um, it's 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 feeling hard to make the shows, and sometimes you know, with some of the tracks cutting back on the schedule, it's um, you know we're pretty thick at, at some of our events. So um, definitely a lot 
more teams. It's been a weird summer. Um, how, how's the Assassin uh, racing engine thing going? Uh, it's there. I think we I think we won. Uh, well, seven or eight features this last weekend across the country. So, yeah, it's. You know, engine buildings for for me is a little slower because I had to move my shop. So the shop is actually in the French Grimes Tech building now at the racetrack at Eagle. So built building the engines there. Well, nothing nothing more appropriate than building the engines in the French Grimes building. <laughs> yep. so I take it you are the assassin race engines. Yep. Okay, I didn't realize that you built them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few. I've probably got over a hundred of them out there right now, rolling around. So, how hard is it to keep track of the nineteen hundred engines across the country? Oh, it's a procedure, all right. Uh, there's been multiple people help put a program together. One of them's on the you're talking with on the other side here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we put together. A program to where we can keep track of what's in each of the engines, who's got them, where they, who they were inspected by, um, and it's working good. It's a lot of work on our end, on the race saver end, but mm -hmm. but it it's a good thing because right now, uh, as an example, before I took your call, there was a guy who called from California and he's buying a motor from out uh, in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and he's like. Uh, is there a way I can find he, well he's buying a whole car is there a way I can find out what's in the engine the guy really uh, somebody had this car sitting and I'm like well just get me the head number and the seal numbers and he texts me it back and probably in five minutes I sent him the tech form on it it was inspected had a hard card um, you know and he was able to find out what was in the engine and you know then he's gonna head and you know try to buy the car nice so it, you know, I don't, I don't picture the world outlaws being able to tell you what's in their engines or if they, anybody would even share any information, but our deal's really straightforward. You know, if you want to know what's in an engine, you just call me and I'll, I'll let you know. Well, and I think, daughter, oh, sorry. Your, your daughter Racine uh, is, is primarily keeping all that, right? Yes. Yep. She does. She's a, the hardest working girl you'll ever meet in your life. So I think that attention to detail and, you know, having that um, access to information, I, I think that's what helps the series uh, be so successful, Roger. I mean, people know that, you know, people know that, you know, they're going to get teched, that um, the rules are consistent, that they can find information out about their engines. And I, I honestly think that's what helps the series grow. Yep, and the engines are all very similar to each other. You know, there's not huge horsepower differences, no matter if it's a $8,000 motor built in the backyard or if it's a $20,000 motor built by somebody with a, with a brand name who marks everything up, you know. Their, their labor becomes worth double what somebody else's is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times people have, dynoed an engine that's a $20,000 engine they're like well my, this engine makes 437 horsepower and I'm like well are you on a chassis dyno <laughs> no it's it's on an engine dyno I'm like man that's a dud well crap I paid $20,000 from it from so and so <laughs> mm -hmm. and I mean it 
that's nearly a once a week call and it makes me feel good that you know French Grimes was able to put together a set of rules whatever it's been 27 years ago 28 years ago and I mean the rules are still effective and work well. Yeah, our, our winner last week was um, you know a car an engine that a guy bought used um, they hadn't even touched it you know since early last year um, you know just regular budget stuff and and picked up uh, picked up his first win last weekend and still have quite a variety we have a, some repeat winners but um, you know everybody's still competitive uh, for sure yeah well so the eagle the we know we have an appointment here tonight Roger so um, we do appreciate you taking the time uh, nationals come up on Labor Day is there a cut, cutoff for uh, getting registered getting your spot and stuff you don't even know. Um, you're, you're not. You're not in charge of that. Yeah, right? yeah. You're. Tr you're just trying to make me look more stupid than I already am, aren't you? <laughs> Go to the web page. There's, uh, there's various. The <laughs> there's we need to ask his daughter. <laughs> yeah, ask Racine. When somebody gets that name put on her and she helps work at a racetrack, she's probably pretty important in the whole program. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only I could have got her middle name to be Car. <laughs> there you go. But the the line was drawn. <laughs> All right. Now, we've got various cutoff times for like camping spots. We got cutoffs for uh free you know for entries and all there's various cutoffs at different times for different things so make sure you look at the website Eagle Raceway website and it's all it's all spelled out right there. There's a section for the race saver nationals all on its own and uh make sure you're there or watching it on uh our streaming cool oh. yeah I, I i can say i recommend it it's a grueling drive out there for especially from pa but um definitely you know memories you'll you know great memories you'll make out there and then uh, even when we're not going, we look at the people making the trip, and you, you're kind of envious of the you know the fun that they're going to have, even though it's a long drive. So uh, we wish you luck with that, and um, thanks for for coming on. Yep, no problem. Thank you guys. Hope you guys have a good season out east. We'll try. Right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Looking ahead at this weekend, Rod, what do we have coming up? Well, like we, Frank pointed out, uh, we got, you know, Race Saber team's got three races to go to this weekend between Clinton County Friday, Paps on Saturday, and uh, uh, on Sunday they go to Bedford, which is a great racetrack. So, uh, weekend full of Race Saber action in the hot weather. Mm. Uh, so, looking forward to that, getting back to Baps. Yeah, that was, and um, just, you know, kind of reviewing with our guests, you know, that was the first I had really talked with Roger Hayden, so that was a cool conversation. Yeah, Roger's been in a few times, and, um, you know, we discussed a little earlier, I thought maybe you'd got a chance to, to meet him, but between Roger and um, Jim Standard, you know, they've been in uh, IMCA and with Race Saver, but um, good to check in with Roger, see how things are going out at Eagle Raceway, and, um getting ready for the nationals, you know, that, uh, that Belleville race is, is interesting. I think the, the purse is a little more lopsided than at least I would like to see. Uh, I don't know what, how structured there. 
Um, definitely like the way that uh, Roger does the, you know, the Race Saver Nationals. Um, and that's always a really cool race. I mean, you got it, something you got to see between the fans and, and uh, the whole uh, presentation of the thing and the fact that you know, all the best Race Saver teams coming from all around, it's really cool. Yeah, and if people don't know already, you know, any local races that might be scheduled that same weekend, Labor Day weekend, it, they're not a IMCA point race. Right. So, um, because it, they want to encourage drivers to travel out there and give it a try. Yeah, we, we kind of try to structure our schedule back here so that we're, we're kind of not at points races. We, we do schedule some races because the teams that don't go, obviously we want a place to race on. Labor Day weekend, but it's non-points, takes the pressure off of that situation and and gives the, the you know, some of the teams a opportunity to think about making that trip and, and going national. So I think it works out good. Um, still something to do back here, but uh, definitely um, enticing to, to make that trip. For sure. All right. Well, uh, I guess with that, I appreciate uh, Frank uh, preparing the uh, summary and um, talking to Roger Hayden and uh, this is uh, we've reached the milestone of episode 10 and uh, really appreciate you guys putting in the time and the effort to, to get this going and with that uh, thanks for letting us come out to play. <laughs>